It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. Blackballed is dropping soon on The Ringer NFL feed. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. A groggy Amanda Dobbins, fresh off the 95th Oscars. How was it for you? It's okay. I'm tired right now, and that, and also it was daylight savings. I think it was a really interesting, and by interesting, I mean bad timing choice by the Oscars generally to have the Oscars on March 12th this year. Mm -hmm. which happened to be a month longer than anyone wanted to pay attention to award season. And also the same day as daylight savings, which is a concept that I support and brings me a lot of joy in my personal life, but definitely robbed me of an hour of sleep at a, at a time in my professional life when I needed it. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, So that's where I am. (laughs) For Amanda's thoughts on the films and the film industry, go to the big picture. We yes. are here to discuss everything else. Um, the show, the fashion, the celebrities. And let's just start there. Amanda, where were the celebrities? They were, they were not, not at the Oscars. They were not at the Academy Awards. And that <laughs> was a real bummer. And that to me, that was the real problem. Um, so the the celebrities were not there for several reasons. Number Can, one. Wait, before you yeah. say say who, why. Who, other than Tom Cruise, who mm-hmm. backed out, like, for, like, you know, there's so many reasons why one could could uh, could guess. Scientology mm-hmm. jokes, Russia jokes, mm-hmm. jokes not in general. Being, not, not being winning. nominated for Best Actor. It, the awards being sort of a foregone conclusion. Plenty I was, reasons. like, 90% annoyed and disappointed that he wasn't there. And maybe, like, 7%... 
I respected the flex of being like, you know what? You need me more than I need you at this point. And I don't I don't feel like it. And then I'm keeping 3% of my caring for myself, just in case you wanted the math on that. But mostly it sucked that he wasn't there. And uh, James Cameron was also not there. Um, But my question for you was, outside of the obvious nominees or like, Mm -hmm. you know, tied to movies that were being celebrated, Mm -hmm. who was the, the number one person that you feel like was missing that would have given this ceremony an injection of star power? Well, always Jennifer Lopez, um, who they did not nominate for an award however many years ago. And to me, that was the real turning point. The Academy's downslide was when they had the opportunity to... No, I believe that was 2019. It was the 2020 show and the the 2019 movies. 2019 Oscars, 2020 show. The 2020 show is the the pandemic late. Anyway, 2020 is a scary sounding year in my head still. Yes. So when... Jennifer Lopez was up for Hustlers. She could have been nominated, and the Academy said no. To me, that was when the Academy just closed the door on having famous people at the show as like a as a feature of the show, right? Like sure. you really could have had Jennifer Lopez there, and and you didn't, and that seems dumb. So she also wasn't at last night's Oscars, which was. Uh, disappointing. She could have brought her friend Ben Affleck, who has a movie coming out in a in a month, and who also historically has done a lot of work with Jimmy Kimmel, who hosted the show. Matt Damon was also not there, even though he and Kimmel have like done a bit forever. Now I understand that these aren't like, you know, Gen Z's favorite stars. Well, I was gonna say for me, it was Zendaya. I was just like Zendaya is yeah. on so many fucking carpets, which is great because she always looks amazing and she's a really right. fun celebrity. But not having Zendaya and Tom Holland to me is like a crucial, crucial right. error. Like, right. first of all, they had to go with like the Spider-Man that everyone liked the least for their Spider-Man joke. And oh, be nice to Andrew Garfield. I like Andrew Garfield, kind okay. of. Um, and Zendaya is like probably like, you know, like one of the most powerful actresses currently working. And she happens to be under 30. Like, how many people right. under 30 can you name? who were on screen at the Oscars. I, I can think of, like, one. I'm literally, I can think of Sophia Carson, who's okay. someone who I learned about okay. uh, this week, who performed a song that lasted forever. And Jenna Ortega wasn't there because she was hosting Saturday Night Live. Miss um, Flo, uh, that's people- who I've got. Oh, she still is under 30. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Austin <laughs> Butler's 31. Doesn't Just, count. And, and, yeah, out. it doesn't count. Also, it was barely on the show, uh, which was another uh, note that I had for the show. But whatever. Yeah, you're right. No young people, but also, like, not a lot of, like, uh, you know, Hollywood stars of yore. And no I mean Julia that both, Roberts. No George Clooney. No Sandra no Bullock. Tom, yeah, no Tom Hanks. No Damon. No Affleck. No Brad Pitt. No Angelina Jolie. No, you know, no Reese Witherspoon. Really no fraught. Laura Dern. Correct. Like nothing of the kind of mid the '90s generation. And then very few of the even older generation, your Meryl Streep's, your Jack Nicholson's. Your, I mean, it was really like Steven Spielberg and that was it. So there was no sense of history. I was surprised Lupita Nyong'o wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. Just for all the, because just of all the awards, the nominations for uh, Wakanda Forever. Like, Well, all the is doing a lot of work there. Um, I think there were a few. few. And Ruth, 
And Ruth Carter winning for um, costume design again. She won yeah. for the original Black Panther, and then she won again last night for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, making her the first Black woman to ever win two awards, two Oscars, which is amazing. Um, gave a lovely speech. She was very deserving. But, like, that was one of the only places where Black Panther Wakanda Forever was even recon- nominated, much less recognized. Yeah. So I understand why she wasn't there. Sure. And 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 Rihanna was a really late ad. Like, she wasn't going to be there. And I think... Right. I think there must have been some kind of recognition that you that they needed Rihanna. Um, and obviously, we'll come back to Angela Bassett in a minute. Um, sure. Because I want to talk about her dress. Um, sure. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, there just was a real dearth of bona fide celebrities. And I know that we've been talking a lot about how, like, they're, they kind of, like, don't exist. But, like, for God's sakes, put The Rock on stage. Or, like, I don't know. I mean, that's the other thing is that they did put The Rock on stage. He presented the first award with Emily Blunt. They presented animation, which is like maybe. Yeah. So this is the other thing. The ceremony itself made a lot of choices that I think exacerbated the problem of very few celebrities. The, The most obvious thing they did was that they paired all the categories. So they had a set of two presenters give out two awards Mm -hmm. at a time. Which just math wise means half the presenters, you know, because it used to be two or three or or lots of people coming out to do each award. So you just had fewer famous people presenting. So The Rock actually, I I can't remember. I think they presented two awards. Yeah, they did animated feature and animated short. I think maybe they did live action short because yeah, that was a that was a early. I actually I watched all the. All the shorts that were available and Le Pupil, which was nominated for a live action short, was completely delightful. It's available on Disney Plus. I recommend it. But uh, it didn't win, even though it was the favorite. So I remember like early anger. Um, but so like The Rock was there, but you don't even remember it. And he was there with Emily Blunt, who he and movies love Emily Blunt. Great- She's exactly. Like, universal and, approval rating. And they used to have great chemistry. Um But the other thing that they asked the presenters, and it's very clear that even the direction of the 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 program itself and the way they were doing cutaways um, was all very uh, respectful. Mm-hmm. And that is in scare quotes. Um, and you understand why, because you and I podcasted at this time last year uh, after some events that were alluded to uh, in Jimmy Kimmel's monologue and various uh, uh, jokes throughout the night. And that many people remember um, but I, that I don't think were received well in the Academy, mm-hmm. you know, I, people, people weren't thrilled. And so I, I honestly wonder whether some people didn't show up to the, like, some famous people didn't want to go because like, it was just such a mess last year. And they're like, no, I don't need the trouble. Um, and then the rest of the show was like very decorous, you know, like no cameras in people's faces right after a joke was made, like a mean joke was made after them. And, and you know who no- they kind of screwed over is Jimmy Kimmel. Because it was like these long camera shots of Jimmy Kimmel where you have to like see yeah. him hold a straight face while people are reacting to his joke. And I mm-hmm. thought, I thought his material was good and funny. I did too. And, I did too. and um, like sort of a different vibe than you get on his show in a good way. Like I like his show too, but this was just sort of like stand up and a different kind of setting and I enjoyed it but I felt like the direction really like kind of like hung him out to dry it was kind of weird I I thought he was the best part of the show because he was trying to do like a entertainment show and it is a tv show and the rest of the time even the way they introduced the presenters or the I'm sorry the categories was in response to the other 
controversial, though far less controversial in retrospect, um, aspect of last year's Oscars, which is that they cut eight categories from the live presentation. They gave them out during commercials, then edited them back in. Everyone, you know, was very angry about that. And so they added them back in, which I think is the right decision. I, I, I thought it was bullshit that they cut them. And well, it didn't save any time. Did they have editing last year on the broadcast? Um, I don't think so. So we wouldn't have seen the hot editor had they cut that. That guy is like so early 30s, like Williamsburg dreamboat. Yeah, uh, it was he, the, it was the funniest cliche. <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I get it. I immediately saw it and I was like, wow, a million people would love to find this person on their dating profile. But it also just took me back to just like the deep... That fear of of still dating. It's really it's it's tough that we're all out there. Here's just, he. This is just a brief side note, but yeah, he is tall, privileged, and pers- personified. Totally, that's all it is. Like he was just tall, and then no, it was he wasn't just, just like tall. Being- but his nice face, which is a nice face, it was not. I don't know the most handsome face I've ever seen. Added to the fact that you know he's artsy and he's now success quite successful. Yeah, but to his you know height what it was, is it like and. And he was like, he. I thought he gave a very good speech, but it was also like a little like touchy-feely performative, you know? And I was just kind of getting that like, oh, I'm like the sensitive, like tall, handsome, sensitive guy who's into sure. the arts, but then it's just like definitely ghosts or, you know, is like well, dating four people or gives that. And he's young. That, uh, sure. I mean, let's give him the benefit that, of the doubt. Hot editor. Great job. I was like, I was like, I don't know about this. Uh, there's a there's a level of sincerity to it, to, to the entire night that, was robbing me the wrong way. Um, but the way they presented categories like film editing, I'm so glad you brought it up. Do you remember what happened right before it when they just had historical reenactments yeah. of people editing in the background weird. behind Sigourney Weaver? And there was like a, you know, a, someone doing old timey editing with the cutting and splicing. And then there was like another woman in front of a computer just editing Dune. I just like, what? I just want to give this man his due. I feel bad just calling him hot editor. He just won a, a freaking Oscar for his second movie. His name is Paul sure. Rogers. So congrats, okay. Paul Rogers. Congratulations, Paul Rogers. I think he's having a great day. <laughs> he I think of is. all the winners last night, like Paul Rogers stock up the highest, you know, and that's awesome for him. Yeah. he He's also like, um, classic um attainable hot where like you see him on a dating app and you're like oh i he's so he's so handsome like wow i found a gem but it's like every person who's ever seen this right. man is like wow exactly. he's so handsome i found a I gem i found a gem yeah um <laughs> but you know like even that that was such a thing speaks to i i, I don't know why i'm being so hard on paul rogers i don't like, either. either i, that don't was either. Like I think ex- this is ptsd from dating for you um I'll also just say, like, of all the things that went into making everything everywhere all at once, a lot of editing. You know what I mean? Just like there was a lot to work through there. So congratulations to him. You know, he did. He had he had a lot to fit into the movie and they got it all in. So I I just there wasn't that much else to hang on to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So normally hot editor would be like the fifth or sixth, you know, like side joke that like kept a part of the internet going. But instead, he's like the number one breaking story. There's a, there's a term that I recently learned that I think is apt to this E-E-A-A-O mm-hmm. conversation that I learned mm-hmm. from the book Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, but I think is yes. very common among cool people on the internet and gamers, which is NPC non-playing okay. character, which is like okay. a side character <laughs> that should yeah, not. Man, what's happening? I read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, as is so you. So did I. I just like, I don't know. Now you're just like reading me 
Entries about gaming. It's I'm not reading you anything. Hours. I'm telling you a term I just learned that I think is applicable to this. So he's an NPC. <laughs> he's okay, an NPC who unfortunately is now being bestowed main character energy. And in another Oscars, he would just be true. a delightful totally NPC. True. true. Yes. No, I, I agree with you. And he seems like a very nice guy. And congratulations <laughs> to his wife. You're so mean to tall, privileged, I just, personified. I wanted, I wanted <laughs> glamour, you know? Like, I just, I wanted, I, we can go to Brooklyn. You live in Brooklyn. I, you know, I'm from Brooklyn right now. I'd love to see Paul Rogers on the street and not just, talk to him. I just wanted to see some movie stars doing some movie star shit. Like, that's why I watched the Oscars. Right. And there's very little movie star shit. So let's talk about the fashion and then the after parties, because okay. that's where there is some movie star shit. Kate Hallowell, our Ringer Dish colleague, hear her on Tea Time. I'm going to read her text message that I received last last night. Um, She was not pleased with many of the fashions. And she said, incredibly boring and bad carpet. Everyone wore white on a white carpet, question mark, question mark. And now when I read these messages from Kate, I felt very old because I texted a friend earlier in the evening. May I also read that to you? Please. I was enjoying the carpet, and to which I said, texted my friend saying, um, I know this is obvious, but a lot of people look good. Classy looks. And I was into it because there weren't a lot of risks being taken. But I think my I think that overall I realized that Kate has the correct take and I was incorrect. And I I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna this is sort of stupid, but I was like, I'm not gonna write down who I like because I'm gonna see who I can actually remember tomorrow as like my favorite mm-hmm. looks. Okay. And um, Can you remember anything? I have that four. I have four okay. that I really liked. I mostly agree with Kate. I will say in everyone's defense that the, quote, champagne carpet announcement was fairly late in the game. And I assume was after everyone had picked their looks. Seemed like a sourcing so, issue of some kind. I also just, it's been raining on and off here in L.A., you know, as long as I can remember. But <laughs> I, there was there was a lot of crap on this champagne carpet, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, so I don't think that the coordination can entirely be blamed on them, though I would have liked to see a bit more color as well. Well, my top look, are you prepared to share your top looks, Amanda? I am. My number one, I didn't think I would ever say this, not because I don't like this this gal, but like usually the way that she dresses is not for me, but I thought Cara Delevingne looked absolutely smashing in her red ensemble, and I loved it. I, she did look wonderful. Also, congratulations to her. She's on the cover of Vogue talking about her sobriety. sobriety. Wish her well. Um, no, she did look beautiful. Loved it. It's and not, but it's like, do you, when you're looking at the red carpet, is there any part of you that is maybe not like, that's what I would wear. But if I were, if I were like a red carpet person, this is the vibe I would go for. With Cara Delevingne specifically? No, I'm just in general, because oh. my response to that is like that. I, I thought she Too looks pedestrian. really beautiful. No, it's just like it's not what I gravitate towards uh-huh. in terms of red carpet fashion, which is like the just, you know, structure, like full ball. Ga- well, full ball gown, mm. honestly, even though there was like a very dramatic s- slit that she can carry off. But there's just like a lot of fabric, right. a lot of. Well, um, you know, I don't I don't like a ball gown look in general. It's not something that yeah. I like. But I did think Halle Bailey, as far as the ball gowns went, looked mm-hmm. really, really beautiful and like was appropriate. Like very vague hints of like the Ariel Middle of Mermaid color palette with like the sort of aqua tool. But I, I thought she looked great. Um, 
I don't know. I just, I, the other person who I really loved, my, my number two, is Angela Bassett. And I think yeah. that she was wearing this incredible purple gown. And I think with her and Cara Delevingne, the really rich colors and like these sort of like very, very saturated really stuck out. And maybe because yes. so many people were wearing white and like light shades. But I thought they both looked fantastic. And Angela Bassett's dress was stunning. I mean, she's stunning. Angela Bassett, 100% on my list. Um, my other pick was Hong Chow. Mm, who was wearing nice. Prada and th- that she was a more fashiony look and I would love to be able to wear a dress like that. I just that th- that's like that's sort of Amanda core. Um, and then I just thought Austin Butler looked very handsome. <laughs> I just love Austin Butler. <laughs> he did. He looked really handsome. He just wore a tux and showed up, you know? Yeah, Sometimes that's all. There, there were not that many people just wearing tuxes and showing up. And, sure. And, you know, who did that look great. Miles Teller. Yeah. He looked really he good. did. He really did, yeah. Um, he mo- managed to both look like a, a normal human, but also very glamorous. The other two that I really loved, Ruth Carter, who you previously mentioned, who's yes. clad in yellow, and she looked amazing. She's a glasses queen. We we love a glasses formal look. Um, and Jessica Chastain. It's, was, it was like a, a big swing in a way, and I liked the silhouette. I thought she looked hot, and she looked like a, like a um, superstar that she is. I like she, it. Yeah, she always goes for it, and yeah. she looks great. I liked it. Um, okay. I, that's a good list. I thought I thought it was okay. Did you watch the Red Carpet Live? I watched a little bit of it. Um, I missed... I was on E! for the moment when Ashley Graham and Hugh Grant tethered. I, I, had I, it. Watched, it, I watched it live. Um, um, I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm still working through it. It was... It was incredible, honestly. Like, it was deeply uncomfortable. I'm glad it was on red carpet and not at the Oscars because that's a level of discomfort that I don't want in my actual awards uh-huh. show. But as kind of live red carpet content, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I felt a little bad for Ashley Graham. She handled Ooh. it really well. She handled it really well. I I don't think she was served very well by her producers who, I guess you don't know who you're going to get, Yeah, but you should probably have someone somewhere who can at least roll with the Hugh Grant stuff just a little bit in her ear. You know what I'm saying? Who's a little prepared. That's all. Um, I know. What should she have asked him? Um, Well, I, I, the Vanity Fair misunderstanding was, I think a tough point and, and nobody's fault. And that was such a dick. He was trying to make her seem dumb though. Like he was trying to use that, term in the the Thackeray sense of it in a way that like I just thought was really ungracious I think so but it's also Hugh Grant you know like that's his shtick is being like where the hell like this is ridiculous and I'm sort of a grumpy English person um and I don't think he was necessarily trying to look make her look bad I also don't mind a little bit of cynicism at the at at these festivities they are absurd yeah and there was absolutely no cynicism anywhere else throughout the entire show as a bunch of people paraded around giving each other awards and like it does come off as a little silly so I don't mind it once he started doing the Taylor bit and the I'm wearing my suit it was absurd and he had like just given up and you know it was funny and but I also felt for her but then I, didn't, I really didn't think it was funny. I was just like, this guy's an asshole. I was just like, no, thanks. Go back to tweeting. Hacked off Hugh. But then he was one of the best parts of the show. So and I think that was also improvised. Did you see the picture um, where 
Andy McDowell is just trying to get away from him. Like, yeah. doesn't want to be near him. Yeah. I think even he has spoken about how I think all of his co-stars just absolutely loathe him. I think you're, uh, I think you're blinded by your love for, for Hugh Grant's movies on this one. Here's the thing is that I also find like actual asshole Hugh Grant very appealing. Like I said, like I just, I, I, yeah, you have no time for nice guy, hot editor. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Someone gets on stage and just starts talking about love and I like have to dive under a table. Someone starts like making literary references and talking down to people and I'm like, oh, tell me more. You know what? This is my damage. I'm just being honest about it. Fair enough. Oh man, he uh I I liked how much she hated him. That was pr- yeah. she being Andy McDowell. Which, yeah, by the way, funny. Andy McDowell's other quali daughter, I saw her picture of her. I don't remember her first name. I'm sorry. I didn't know she existed. So, big Margaret news. and then the other one? Yeah, she the only other has one. exists to you apparently. Yeah, okay. just just to me. I mean, I knew she, others must have known, but I I was unaware. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Anyone else who we need to shout out their their look? I don't think so. I thought everyone else just looked fine. What was the deal with uh, Mindy Kaling switching from the white to the black of the identical dress? Like, why? I have no idea. And then she put on I, a third dress for the after parties. Does, a is, camera-friendly thing? I don't really like, know. I don't I don't have anything kind to say, so I probably should move on. I think she feels very... I, I thought she looked um, very glamorous, and I think she feels very confident right now right. and wanted to be taking the opportunity to draw attention to that. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. All right. Um, what was your favorite paparazzi shot of the evening? <laughs> My favorite. Let's see. Well, the gold party, the Jay-Z and Beyonce party at the Chateau Marmont was really the only time we got to see any celebrities. So we know they exist. Also, we know Hugh Grant went to the party, which is very funny. <laughs> um, so, so did Justin I, Bieber in a blanket. So did Justin Bieber in a blanket. So did Haley. 
No Kardashians, it would seem. No, I think Kendall was there. Was she not there? Oh, she was there because she was rumored to be leaving with Bad Bunny. Yes. And that's like an emerging celebrity couple. Right. But I guess no Kylie. On the topic of Kylie and Kendall, I think, went to Vanity Fair together. But I don't think Kylie went to um, the gold party. Kendall was wearing a dress that I really liked mm-hmm. that Marion Cotillard wore in 2008 as her Oscars dress in white. Yes. Do you think but Kendall was- Jenner knew that? No. Um, do you think that Kendall Jenner is like into the films of Marion Cotillard? No, but do you think that she has a stylist who knew that? Like, I also don't think she just like picked this dress out for herself, like just doing like Pinterest. Like, I want to wear that. But like, did well, someone tell Kendall Jenner this dress was worn to the Oscars by an Oscar winner? Because it's a kind of a weird thing to do. I, well, it was a different dress. This is the thing. Like, it was a different It was wa- all white. Yeah. And, and Marianne Cotillard's and, all white and Kendall Jenner's was black and gold. Right. So, you know, I think like Marianne Cotillard wa- wore this dress in a different color. You know, it's not like it's not like the Kim thing where she fit into like, you know, she did which, whatever. Right. That was like a historic to dress. To the Marilyn Monroe dress, which is like a whole other conversation. I think the stylist probably knew. I don't know if they requested it. There is this, you know, increasingly that people are kind of redoing, you know, rewearing dresses Mm -hmm. and doing archival as like a source of sustainability thing, which seems great to me. Uh, Lots of beautiful clothes out there. I I wasn't really bothered by that. I I just thought it was funny. I thought it was a Kardashian gaffe is my take. I was like, oh, I bet they didn't know. I would love to hear Kendall Jenner explain the plot of Inception. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. Um, the Beyonce gold party also had quite a few just like really famous people like Usher, mm-hmm. LeBron yeah. James. Yeah. Like just pe- Channing Tatum was there. Was he at the actual Oscars? I did not see him. Um, Zoe Kravitz also was there. Last I heard they were still together, though they entered separately. Lenny Kravitz performed at the Oscars. He did. The In Memoriam song. Yeah. Um, also, both... Leonardo DiCaprio and Gigi Hadid, who also were at several of the same parties over the course of the weekend and at all times left or entered and left separately. So they they were not photographed together, but they were seen at the same place. So they were rumored to be dating before. I love it. Um, My favorite paparazzi photo is absolutely Pedro Pascal stand in his same Oscars outfit. He's wearing, he looks great, obviously. He's wearing a nice tuxedo, no tie. Um, And Bradley Cooper, who's wearing like what all of our coworkers wear to work on a daily basis. And they're just like (laughs) walking into the chateau together. Uh, Now I want you to elaborate on what all our coworkers wear to the office on a daily basis. Um, Just like, like a, like a plain jacket that's like the same proportions of a bomber jacket, but not a bomber jacket. And like a plain solid color shirt and like twill looking pants. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's accurate. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't know. I like I didn't know how you would describe it, and I just wanted to hear it. I just think Bradley Cooper, like, I, I don't know how long these two have been friends. Maybe they've been friends for a long time. But um, I just felt like this was like very um apropos of like who I know Bradley Cooper to be. Especially mm-hmm. recently, Eagles fan Bradley Cooper just like seizing the moment when something's hot. And right now, Pedro Pascal's hot. And so here they are together. Yeah. Um, 
I'm I'm glad all the famous people got to have their moment together at the Chateau Marmont. Me uh, too. Where no press were allowed. Unfortunately, they did not choose to do any of this at the actual Oscars, so I couldn't participate in it, and I'm a little salty. Um, do you think they were annoyed to be photographed going to this party, or just like to be expected anytime you go to the Chateau? I think anytime you're going to the gold party, it's to be expected. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That's that's you know that's the cost of doing business with Beyonce and Jay Z at the Oscars post Oscars party at the Chateau Marmont. Christina Aguilera was there, and I was just really glad to see she got an invite. I, I've okay. always liked her music, and I've respected her vocals, so I was glad to see other people agree. Okay, <laughs> that's great. Any other Oscar notes you have? Well, speaking of vocals, do you have any musical oh. performance reviews? Yes. Um, thank you. How could I forget? Um, my condolences and my thoughts and my prayers go out to Lady Gaga's makeup team. I cannot imagine the absolute furor I would feel if you do your masterful work and she looks great on the red carpet and then she takes it all off, like very seemingly using, I mean, we didn't see it, but very seemingly using like a makeup wipe, including on her lips where she's still like a little bit of the lipstick left to do like an like a pare down like naturalistic performance of hold my hand and then you have to make her up again in a new outfit for her to go sit back in her seat and then I guess party um i just was thinking about her makeup people the entire time that said i have Do you all- think they get a double rate? No, it's probably just a day rate, right? Yeah, i guess so. I would be pissed too. This <laughs> sucks. Um that said, i've always wanted like just like Lady Gaga, no costume, no makeup. So I was delighted to see it. This is something I've been like waiting for for like 15 years. So that was cool. Um, I didn't think her vocal sounded that good. And I'm sure she agreed. So I felt bad for her. Um, but I enjoyed it. And then I thought Rihanna looked simply radiant. I thought she looked absolutely incredible. I was really glad she performed. It was the high point of the show. And life's better with Rihanna. I agree. I still think that all the performances took way too much time and were an energy suck. And I don't think that best original song should be as I don't think it's an honest category at the Oscars because all the songs are just tacked on at the end. You know, they have nothing to do with movies, but I was really glad Rihanna was there. Yeah. Unless it's like a Disney movie. I just feel like there should be like a separate category right. for like songs that are integrated into the book of a movie. I agree with you, but there aren't that many of no. them. And it, usually it's just a ploy to get, pop stars at the Oscars to then do like okay performances of okay songs. Right. Anyway. Uh, we were talking about the Chateau Marmont a few moments ago, and that's a great segue into our other topic of the day, the Amazon Prime television series, Daisy Jones and the Six, based on the book, Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which I've been asking Amanda to read for two years, knowing she mm-hmm. wouldn't. Okay. For the record, I did try to read it. I started it <laughs> on like l- the Libby app. I-, I would honestly say two weeks after my son was born. Mm. And I ha- I ran into like a very basic structural problem, which is that the book is written in oral history format, Correct. but it's about made up people. So I was very sleep deprived and couldn't remember who anyone was mm. because they just kept using the last names. And I was like, I don't know who this is. I don't have any like shared history to associate with this last name. So I couldn't keep track of it. And then I stopped. I'm Fair really enough. sorry. It's okay. I, I thought that was like a valid reason. It is. To, um, and it's no criticism of the book or the show, which I got to be honest, having the time of my life. I'm, <laughs> I'm all caught up in a television show for the first time in literal years. Give me more. Um, 
Laurel Canyon has literally never looked so appealing. Like, yeah. And Laurel, Can- Laurel Canyon is very appealing. It's like a great place. Still a great place. Harry Styles agrees. Beautiful. You know, it's like, a, it's just lovely there. It makes it look beautiful. Um, Bill Simmons and I did an episode of the Prestige TV podcast about this. So I've shared a lot of takes there if you're curious in all of them. But I'm wondering, like, first of all, where do you stand on Sam Claflin as the male lead Billy Dunn? It's working for me. I've always found him appealing. Mm-hmm. Now, as going back to earlier points of this podcast, he's like definitely an asshole. So perhaps that's not, I, I'm sorry, he's playing an asshole. I have no idea what's going on in Sam Claflin's life. Um, I don't really know a lot about him outside of the screen, but he is playing a, a not very nice, if damaged person. And that really works for me. Uh, so I, I feel good about that. I do think he has like whatever charisma that you need to play that role. Uh, I think that they definitely didn't cast any other men around him to rival him in charisma. Um, but meanwhile, like that too. He's but meanwhile, it's man. like the some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in so my life. I need to talk about Camila Maroney. So. She has been a name and a face to us for years. Bill and I discussed this as well. Yeah. She is Leonardo DiCaprio's ex-girlfriend, who mm-hmm. I don't even think I could have picked her out of a lineup. Like, I was aware of her. I knew her name the most. The fact that she is, A, the most beautiful person currently on the planet, and B, I think legitimately a good actress, is so stunning and shocking to me. I just, like, I cannot get over that this is who Leonardo DiCaprio was dating. It's just because her name, her name recognition is so high to me, but I knew yes. nothing about her. And the fact that I, I now consider her to be like a substantial and beautiful actress is just, I, I didn't see this coming. I, th- I think I always understood her to be beautiful, but whatever, what they're doing in this show, even the, like the lighting, like it's really because the show is filmed as um like a document. There's like a fake documentary set up to it to, I guess, mimic the oral history, what have you. And so they're filming her like slightly older, which slightly older, which I think doesn't doesn't work. The fact that you say slightly is a problem because it's supposed to be like 20 years, but you can't. I mean, it's impossible to age her up like she's too beautiful to be aged up too beautiful. But the lighting is different as you know, and she just has this constant halo around her in the like the real real time scenes. And it's overwhelming. Here's what I'd like to ask you okay. as someone who read the book. Okay. Is this character as compelling in the book? Yes. Okay. So it really is meant to be this like, what are you doing? You're a total idiot. Except she's, it's like a different, the na- the relationship, the natures of the relationship are different. She's between. much, she's, she is more formative in the book, I would say. And, okay. um, Daisy is more of a mess in the book. And she's obviously a a mess on the show, but she's even, I would say she's much, much more um, fractured as a, as a spirit in the book. Okay. So it's fair casting then. I couldn't tell whether it was that thing where they like cast her and then she's just so beautiful. And as you said, like, she's also like a very good actress, very natural believable that she sort of overwhelmed the wife part because you never know. Yeah. I, you know, I think in the, in the book, I would say she is more June Carter cash than Johnny Cash's okay. first wife, actually. Okay. Um, okay. 
and Daisy is more druggy Johnny Cash um, than got it. Okay, and it's uh, yeah. I mean, I think the the I the book is really successful. Like I I which is I think of you. That's what you how you describe tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Right, I, I, and I think of the, those two books together. By the way, they both are very chatty and both very much about um, creative partnership and like the highs and the lows that come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book, it, I was like in a deep reading rut like to almost two years ago, and I read Daisy Jones and the Six in like one night, and I was like, "All right, let's. Sh- what can I read next?" So I, I'm really grateful to the book and like my personal history. So I have a real fondness towards it. But I think overall, it's just like a successful piece of fiction. Um, and the oral history piece of it actually works really well just because of some different plot pieces or whatever. Um, so I, I think this this show seems to be more divided than like Fleischman by book readers and non-book readers because I think that the book is so successful in giving you a sense of the relationship between Daisy and Billy and Billy and Camilla um, that in some ways like people got really, really attached to it like they do with many great books. I feel plenty attached to the relationships between all of these incredibly beautiful people wearing great fashion, honestly. It's rare that you see, especially on TV, period pieces done with, like, just this level of, with this much money, honestly. Like, I don't know how much money was spent on it, but it looks expensive, and it looks like they actually tried and they filmed on location and they film in nice places and you were we were texting and you were like it's like a tabloid come to life and I was like it's like a fashion magazine come to life um which is great by me sometimes that's all I really need and I don't I I guess I could have been swept up into the emotional connection between all of these people I'm pretty caught up in the um or caught up enough in the chemistry between the various people that it animates the TV show and, and the rest of the show moves. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. It's like the right level of mental investment for me. I, I think another, I, I like it. Bill was giving me a hard time cause he was like, he's rightfully so we haven't mentioned it, but Riley Keough is fantastic on the show. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like her. The thing is that like, I also like anything like this, I compare to almost famous and like, I love almost famous. So, so much. It's just not it, but it's just, they're they're doing different things. So it's like sort of a ridiculous comparison, but also unavoidable. Um, The other person who is like straight out of the tabloids for me, like never knew anything about her, but very much knew her name as Robert Pattinson's girlfriend is Suki Waterhouse, who I also quite enjoy on this show. I think she's good. She's, she's the Christine McVie character. Cause this is obviously like, loosely based on or not so loosely based on Fleetwood Mac um Taylor Jenkins she, Reid saw a Fleetwood Mac documentary and she wasn't really a big fan but she was really intrigued by them so that's it is very much based on her experience of like learning about the rumors drama do you mean that th- she wasn't a big fan before she saw the documentary yeah like or she's not like she a Fleetwood Mac big- head like some people are obsessed with Fleetwood Mac and she is not one of them but she saw yeah. the documentary and, like, are you are you not obsessed with Rumors is like maybe the greatest album ever made. Whatever. We can do this another time. No, I, I'm just not uh, a Fleetwood Mac person. I don't like okay. Stevie Nicks. You don't like Rumors? I don't like some of it. I don't like Stevie Nicks' voice that much. I prefer Christine McVie. Okay. I mean, Christine McVie had a very beautiful voice. She passed recently. Okay. I We we can't get into arguing over Fleetwood Mac right now. I really like the, I like the show. Um, I also think that the music is like, good enough yeah while not you know and and this is the the hard thing of as we were talking about with original song like when you actually are making a music 
movie or music TV show and you got to write all the things and often the songs are very bad. Like that one song's been in my head. Oh, we yeah. can make a good thing bad. Yeah. That. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, um, it's, you know, there's a critical mass. Like, like I would say multiple people in the last 24 hours have texted me about it. So yeah, it's catching I, on. I mentioned it on Big Pick and I had friends texting me being like, oh, should I be watching this? Yeah. Um, I've heard the marketing's really aggressive in LA. It's it's non-existent in New York. I I don't think I've seen any, but... Apparently know. there's billboards for like all along Sunset Boulevard. So anyone who was at the Chateau last night saw them. Okay. Well, maybe maybe they'll check them out. Maybe they will. Um, This has been delightful. Hope you've all enjoyed it as well. Thank you to Bobby Wagner for producing this week. Uh, for more on the Oscars, of course, check out Amanda and Bobby's other podcast, The Big Picture. Sean Fennessy's also on it. And we will be back next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.